Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. Have you tried peanut with your baby yet? So intact nuts and thick globs of nut butters are choking hazard for babies. So we can't do that, but we do need to get peanut protein into your baby early and often to help lower the risk of peanut allergy down the road. So my favorite way to do peanut for baby lead weaning is using the Puffworks Baby Peanut Puffs. Now, these are not those little starchy puffs that earlier eaters can't pick up, the ones you see at the grocery store in the container that oftentimes contain added sugar, sodium, and refined grains. No, the Puffworks Baby Peanut Puffs have no added sugar. They're about the size of your adult pinky finger, which is the perfect length for baby lead weaning. So I have students and parents always asking about like different puffs. I saw one today that a mom asked me about. It had three different allergens in it, which makes no sense because you can't observe for a reaction if your baby is trying three new allergenic foods at once. How do you know which of the ingredients is causing the reaction? The only potential allergenic ingredient in the Puffworks Baby Peanut Puffs is peanut. You can get 15% off of Puffworks Baby Peanut Puffs if you use my affiliate discount code BABYLED. So head to puffworks.com and enter that code BABYLED, L-E-D, at checkout. And good luck to you guys trying peanut. So for sick days, we definitely want to prioritize hydration over nutrition, right? Early on in baby led weaning, we offer food for lots of reasons, but it has very little to do with hunger abatement or providing nutrition. So don't stress if you miss a day or two because your baby's sick. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby led weaning. Hello there. Welcome back. Today, we're talking about sick days and solid foods. Do I need to stop trying new foods when my baby is sick? Now, before we get started, if you're dealing with a sick baby, which I assume you are, which is why you're listening to this episode, I just want to say, I'm sorry. It really stinks when your baby is sick, especially when you're trying to transition to something new in the schedule, like incorporating more solid foods. So I think you're going to like What you hear in this episode, and I want to start out with my baby led weaning tip of the day for this mini BLW training episode, but that is you do not need to make any major modifications to your schedule when your baby is sick. You can if you want to, and I'm going to share some instances where you might want to switch things up with the feeding schedule if you're dealing with a sick child. Now, quick backstory. When I was doing baby led weaning with my quadruplets, so I have a seven-year-old, six-year-old quadruplets and three-year-old twins, but the quads were the first time I'd done baby led weaning because I'd struggled a lot with traditional spoon feeding with my oldest. We worked our way through all the allergenic foods. And then when they were about like 10 months adjusted age, we had went to a Super Bowl party. And at the Super Bowl party, there was ceviche. The ceviche had shrimp in it and had fish in it. And my babies were super snotty. And I know some of you are like, then you shouldn't have taken them to a party. It was like a Super Bowl party at my brother's house. I'm sure it was fine that I took sick kids. This was pre-pandemic, P.S. So back to the seafood, the shellfish, which is the shrimp and the fish, the babies had had multiple times, right? And you guys know that a baby can 
react to any food at any time. It tends to happen within the first few exposures, but there's no hard and fast rules about that either. So the babies were super snotty. They ate ceviche. We came home and my son Dylan had like full-blown hives all over his face. Like the puffy hives where you're like, ooh, if that's happening inside your throat, you're definitely going to have trouble breathing. And he was particularly fussy, which, you know, when you're looking for an allergic reaction, you're sometimes like, hang on, is it just skin stuff? Because if it's just skin stuff and goes away on its own, then it's probably not true food allergy. But if it's accompanied by another symptom, one of which can be a significant change in demeanor, I'm like, oh my gosh, is this happening? Like he has skin stuff and now a significant change in demeanor. Or was he just crying because he's sick and fussy and I'm making him go to bed or whatever? So I took a bunch of pictures, sent it to the pediatrician. He's like, I think he's fine. Watch him. The hives went away like within an hour. But the point was because he was already immunocompromised, like he had already had a cold. And this is a kid who's like a major drainer. So there was just snot everywhere. That one instance of having either fish or maybe more likely shellfish, I don't know, we're just guessing at this point, caused him to have a reaction that looked like it could potentially be a food allergy reaction. But of course, then I tried ceviche like three more times in the next three days just to see what would happen. And he didn't react at any point. So he was kind of maybe on the mend and just sharing anecdotally that it is the case that if your baby is sick or there's some underlying illness, that sometimes they might react to a food in a way that might make you think it's a food allergy. But always keep in mind, gosh, if they're all already sick, is there maybe just the reaction to whatever the underlying sickness is going on? And of course, always check with your pediatrician. But my pediatrician was like, heck yeah, try that ceviche again tomorrow because they've already had fish and they've had shellfish a number of times. So sometimes when our babies are sick, we might see things that look like food allergies, but they might not ever be. But that kid, Dylan, he's so funny. I have three boy and one girl quad and he's very articulate. And every time we have something with shrimp, he's like, mom, you know, I really, I had that problem that one time with shrimp. And I was like, oh my God, you were 10 months old. You don't even remember it. You just know it because I tell the story all the time. And he likes to look at the pictures of when he had welts on his face, which of course I took pictures of. You know what? I'll put them in the show notes for you guys for this episode, blwpodcast.com slash 197. If you want to see what a sick baby looks like reacting to shellfish, that wasn't true food allergy. And he's had shellfish a million times since then. My phone is bursting at the seams with photos of our kids. And over the years, I've tried all sorts of different ways to store and share them with family members. So for a while, I would just text out pictures to the grandparents. And then we tried a shared photo album. But some people were using Google Photos and others preferred Facebook Messenger for pictures. And the more kids we had, the messier it got. Then I stumbled across the Family Album app. The Family Album app was created to give parents a secure and easy way to share photos and videos with loved ones. It's a totally secure, personal haven for your family's memories. I love that there's no third-party ads, no unwanted eyes, and it's totally free. No more scrolling through endless feeds or searching folders to find the picture of the kid that you need right now. Another cool feature about the Family Album app is you can order eight free photo prints every month to be delivered to your home. Which, if you think about how quickly your baby is changing, it's really nice to have some tangible pictures to hold onto or share to document the last month of your baby's life. If you're looking to level up your photo sharing and organization game with a secure, one-stop, easy-to-use photo organization app, head over to the App Store, search Family Album, download the Family Album app, and start creating a legacy of love one photo at a time. So, back to the episode. Do I need to stop solid foods because my baby is sick? you might need to slow down, okay? And by the way, you don't need to do anything. You do what works for you. But a lot of parents like, my baby is super clingy. My baby is interested in nursing more. Some babies wanna nurse less. 
we do want to pay attention to fluids, right? So whenever a child is sick, we prioritize fluids over food because we want to prevent dehydration. So if your baby is proficient at and prefers to drink out of the breast or drink out of the bottle or the open cup, if you're doing that, focus on the liquids during periods of sickness and don't beat yourself up if you're skipping a meal or a day or sometimes even a couple of days with no solid foods. Now, one thing about offering solid food, the baby, you know, all sickness manifests itself different. So some babies, if they're super fussy and cranky and cry and whiny, we don't want them as the high chair trying to eat food because that does increase the risk of choking if they're freaking out, okay? So never try to feed a freaking out baby, but also we never want to force feed a baby. So you may feel like, oh my gosh, we're doing one new food a day. And if I skip today, we're going to get behind. It doesn't matter skipping a day or a couple of days is not the end of the world. Now, I work with parents who are like, ooh, every time my baby gets a little runny nose, I take like five days off. It's like, well, if your baby has a runny nose every week, that means you're only doing solid foods like two days a week. That's definitely not going to be enough exposures for your baby to develop the skill set to meet all of their feeding milestones. But you guys know your baby's best. I just want to give you permission to skip a little bit of solid foods. Some families don't like trying new foods when the baby is sick. And I get that if you're doing one new food a day, you might pause on that and just reintroduce some of the familiar foods if they're up for it. For the allergenic foods, I certainly don't introduce those when the baby is sick because of the reasons that I just described. With Dylan's situation, I want to know kind of if it really is true food allergy and having a little bit more of a clearer picture helps without that underlying sickness clouding what could potentially be a reaction, but maybe isn't. Who knows? It's confusing enough. I don't need sickness in there making things worse. Now, what about teething? A lot of parents will say, well, if my baby's actively teething, should I stop doing solid foods? And the answer is no, because teething is not a sickness. Teething can be up to a three-year process. So we can't stop solid foods for three years. There's actually not a lot of modifications that you need to make for teething babies. You'll see parents say, oh my, I make these frozen teething treats. I have six out of my six kids who I did baby led weaning with. The seventh one we never did. She loves frozen stuff. The BLW babies, I don't know why, but they don't, they never liked frozen treats and they would freak out even if they were teething. But some families swear by them, but many times teething babies can just continue to eat the other foods and actually in many cases pacifies them and they actually enjoy gnawing on the foods and gives them some sense of relief. You might tend towards colder foods when a baby is teething. But again, this is not like there's no hard and fast rules about teething or sickness. So you do what works for you. And I mentioned that some families get in the habit of skipping lots of days on a regular basis. If you feel that like that's happening and your baby is chronically ill, you may need to obviously consult your pediatric provider. But if we're talking about acute sickness that comes on some seasonal stuff that's short-term, skip a day or two, not the end of the world. You're not doing any irreparable damage by missing a few meals is the message I want you guys to leave with. Now, for the families that might be skipping lots of days all of the time, if you're interested in what like a typical schedule looks like for feeding for your non-sick days, I just did a bunch of episodes on the podcast. So if you go back to episode 185, that was some sample feeding BLW schedules for six to seven month olds. I did it for eight to nine month olds in episode 187. BLW schedules for 10 to 11 month olds in episode 189 and then 12 month olds in 191. Again, I don't provide those for comparison purposes. They're just ideas of what schedule your baby could follow if you were looking for some ideas. And some parents are like, oh, my seven month old, we're only doing solids every three days. 
if you listen to the recommended schedule, you realize, okay, maybe that's not frequently enough and I do want to bump it up. So for your sick baby, you'll probably notice that their appetite may wax and may wane. You really don't need to make any massive changes with regards to solid foods because please remember, during baby-led weaning, the majority of your baby's nutrition is still going to be coming from breast milk or formula, okay? So we're offering food for lots of different reasons, but it has very little to do with hunger abatement and nutrition provision, okay? So you're, by skipping, you know, two tablespoons of avocado, it's not like the end of the world and your baby's not going to become malnourished overnight, but do just pay attention to signs of hydration, right? That's the wet diapers or is the baby having as many wet diapers and as frequently as you would anticipate. Some of the physical signs of dehydration include like if your baby has dry or cracked lips. Um, we sometimes can see with the skin, if you pinch the skin, like on your own hand, I'm doing it right now. Well, when I pinch my skin, it stays kind of pinched up. Okay, if your baby's well hydrated, when you pinch the skin, don't hurt them, but it should go back down flat. That's generally a sign that your baby's well hydrated. So, you know, pay attention to the signs of hydration. That's certainly more important than however many calories or milligrams of iron they're getting. So hang in there if you've got a sick baby on your hands. It's not the end of the world. If you take a little break in trying new foods, maybe stick to familiar foods. And I hope your baby feels better soon. And I hope you feel better about having a sick baby really soon too. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Like a lot of moms out there, I will totally admit I am quite type A. I am a total taskmaster. And one of my weekly work tasks is to review the feedback forms that our new students in my program, which is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro, that they leave for us. So basically, this form asks a lot of questions about you and your baby and your baby's feeding and medical history, any concerns that you might have or fears about starting solid foods. And all of this data helps me when I'm answering parent questions inside of our weekly live office hours so I can then tailor my response to your particular baby and situation, right? Because it's not a one-size-fits-all approach when it comes to what your baby's eating, right? Because maybe your baby has an egg allergy or another mom in the program. She might really be struggling with how to make meat safe because she doesn't like to cook. So this week on the forum, there's a new mom named Janine, and she wrote, and this is her quote, I researched a lot on the internet, and I have a lot of books. I saw a lot of other baby-led weaning programs, but in the end, this is the one that I realized is what I'm really looking for as a new mom. I love that Katie's program has a community and that there are videos for everything you need to know and how to make the foods. And what I love the most is that there's already a meal plan ready. And this just like stopped my heart because this is exactly why I created the Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro program. I wanted to literally put everything that you need to know about starting solid food safely in one place with a super easy to follow 20 full weeks meal plan. Okay, there's 20 weeks because it's five foods a week. I want your baby to get to those 100 new foods before they turn one because I also know you have a lot going on as a new mom and hunting and pecking all over the internet to try to figure out what am I going to feed this baby? That is not the solution. So if you want to check out the Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro program, I would be honored to work with you and your baby. You can head to babyledweaning.co to get started and hopefully I'll be reading your feedback soon too.